Here we go. Episode 77 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo, and I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. JM, it's been a while, but how are you doing? Um, I'm all right. I mean, uh, these past couple uh, days have been lots of highs, lots of lows as a uh, Yankees slash Jets fan. So I'd say overall I'm doing fine. Not too You're good, fine. not too bad. Yeah, we're going to get into all that. Uh, our football teams, the New York football teams, for whatever reason, they are, they've been great. They've been excellent. They're 9-3 and three combined this season. And we're going to get into all of that. But we are going to start with Major League Baseball. The postseason is here. The last time we recorded a podcast, the Mets had just got swept by the Braves. So it's been a while. The Mets are out. But the Yankees are battling their biggest rival as we speak. They're down 2-0 to the Astros, but they're coming home for Game 3 Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Saturday, 5 p.m. Garrett Cole, Christian Javier. This should be a good pitching matchup, but we're going to talk about the first two games before we get to the future. Let's get to you, JM. How are you feeling? Um, I mean, obviously, overall about the series, I'm not feeling good. Um, it, It's just... It's 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 weird, man. Like, it seems like every playoffs, you know, the Yankees their their bats go quiet, and and I get that, you know, it's great pitching in the playoffs. Offense is going to be down a little bit, but the team just collectively has not been hitting at all. I mean, we've scored five runs max. Uh, that one time we did that against the Guardians, um, and really every game we've been putting up two or three runs which just isn't going to get it done. The pitching's been fine. The pitching's been doing a pretty good job. Um, you know, we've only lost by a margin of three total runs in these first two games. So, not feeling great, but the games have been close. And, you know, going back to the Bronx, hopefully the bats wake up a bit and this series could take a turn. Uh, my confidence level of winning this series is about 20%. Um mm which I think is a pretty fair number considering this team owns us in the postseason at this point. You know, they've they've eliminated us three times since 2015. We've eliminated them zero times. Um, in terms of the game on Saturday, which I'm going to be at, very excited, first ever Yankees playoff game. First ever, really? ma- first ever major sports postseason game I'm ever going to attend. So I was going to ask very, you that, but I'm very I excited. Feel, I- thought you were at one. I thought you've been to no, one at least. No, uh, I was supposed to go last week to game two against the Guardians, got rained out, and then I had a flight the next morning um, to go to Green Bay, so I missed it. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. I think we have a very good chance with Garrett Cole on the mound. Uh, my worst fear is that Cole goes out there, dominates, and we lose one nothing. <laughs> but um, I- I'm very confident in Cole. I think he'll give us a really good outing. And um, I think there's a good chance that we take game three. But like I said, in terms of the the series in total, it just sucks because you go out, let's say they go out, they take two out of three at home. That's pretty good. But hold on, now you're down 3-2 going back to Houston. Houston still has the momentum. So the only way I could you know feel confident again is if we do a 2017 and win three games in the Bronx right now and go back to Houston up 3-2. But... That's going to be a very, very tough task to ask. That'll be a tall task. Um, I heard this stat coming back home on the radio, so I can't take full credit for it. I just heard it. The Yankees, in their last nine games, so you'd have to date back to the end of the regular season as well, have had six or less hits, no more than six hits in a game, in nine straight games. That is a franchise record. 29 so, strikeouts. Two games. I thought it was. I thought it was thirty strikeouts. All right, Jeez. What I short them by one? No, it's. I think it was yeah. seventeen and twelve. Okay, so. so twenty-nine or thirty strikeouts in the first two games of this series. Uh, it's funny. The Yankee pitching has been great. I mean, you can't ask for much more from Jameson Tyone in Game One. Uh, Severino outside of one pitch, which we'll get to him in a minute, but yeah. outside of one pitch um, on Thursday night. The pitching was great. The bullpen was really good. They're not knocking the, the cover off the ball either, but they're hitting home runs, and that's why they have a lead. Jose Altuve doesn't have a hit in the postseason yet. 
Jordan Alvarez hasn't done anything in this series yet. You're losing a Brayman, you're losing a Pena, and when those guys turn it on, when Altuve turns it on, when Alvarez turns it on, what the hell's going to happen? So the Yankee pitching's been fine, and I think it'll continue, especially when you have Garrett Cole coming back on the mound for Saturday not Saturday evening. The pitching's going to continue to be... The offense has to step up because they've been putrid, and this is for a long period of time now. Yeah, and you know, everybody always wants to figure out, oh, well, what's what's the formula to win the postseason? You know, you don't you don't need uh, you, you don't rely on the home run. You, you gotta just you know you gotta hit for contact, or no, you do rely on the home run, or no, it's starting pitching. It's the the offensive formula for hitting in the postseason. It's very simple. It's timely hitting, whether it's a three run home run, a double in the gap to drive in to clear the bases a single to drive in two runs, whatever it is, whatever the type of hit is, it's timely hitting. It's getting runners on base, it's putting runners in scoring position, and it's driving them in however you can. And the Yankees haven't been able this whole postseason to get that big inning going. Or, you know, the the only times I can think of us getting those big hits has been the games that we've won, which makes sense. Like, John Carlos Stanton, three-run home run in game five, immediately sets the tone, gives you a three-run cushion they never look back. So, same thing in, um, uh, what was the game? I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, but, yeah, you get my point. How did the how did the Atlanta Braves win the World Series last year? Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario were going out there every day, hitting three-run home runs like it was nothing. Adam Duvall hitting grand slams. Like, you got to be able, solo home runs aren't going to kill kill the, uh, the pitching in the postseason. But those two, three-run shots... That's what's going to get it done. The bases clearing doubles, you know, like I'm saying, those big innings and those those real gut punches where you could just put a bunch of runs on the board, that's what happens. It's timely hitting. The Yankees are batting, I don't even know what the statistic is now. I know before the game yesterday it was something like 217 or something with runners in scoring position. That's just, that's not going to get it done. Christian Javier is going to be the pitcher um, on Game 3. He's going to face uh, – it's Christian, not Christopher Javier. Right? Chris, Christian yes. Javier? Christian Javier will face Garrett Cole in Game 3. Um, you know, what's really interesting, I've been having this argument with a ton of Yankee fans, and they're really upset that they rely on the home run. And my biggest thing is, look at the Cleveland Guardians, Okay. Because the Guardians don't hit many home runs. And if they hit even 10%, 20% more home runs, they would be facing the Astros right now. But they don't. The Yankees beat the Guardians because they hit more home runs than them. Now, the Astros are beating the Yankees because they've hit more home runs than the Yankees. And if the Yankees mm-hmm. come out tomorrow night and they start hitting home runs, Giancarlo, Judge, start putting some over that short porch in right field, guess what? The Yankees are going to win games. Right. You need to be able to hit the home run. Sure, you like it with guys on base, but power is important in the postseason because it may take the Guardians five hits to get two runs across. Exactly. But for the Yankees, it you know, two two hits can get you two runs across. You can't one you, hit can get you four runs across. Yeah. You can't you string together hits. It's so hard to string together all these hits against great pitchers in the postseason. That's why you got to wait for them to make mistakes. They will, and you hope they will, and you put one out of the ballpark. I've been very against home runs and, you know, getting rid of batting average, and I still am to a point, but home runs are very important. And my team is not going far in the playoffs for a few reasons, but the main one is because they didn't have enough power, and the other teams did. And the Guardians didn't move on because they didn't have enough power, and the Yankees did. And the Astros are up 2-0 right now with two of their best hitters slumping. But they're hitting home runs. They're getting other guys to hit home runs, and they're pitching, of course. But that's why they're up 2-0. Mm-hmm. Simple. Well, listen, I mean, you know, you don't know uh, how it's going to end up with both players not hitting, uh, both star players for both teams, right? Altuve and Judge. Um, Judge had some good at-bats yesterday. Uh, actually, I shouldn't even call out two. I really should call it Alvarez, but that's how many stars they have. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Judge hasn't been hitting well, and Alvarez hasn't been hitting well. So I don't know who's going to get going first. Hopefully it's Judge, but 
you need these guys to come through. I mean, look at the guard. Why did the Astros win the last series? Because Alvarez won the first two games for them, literally. He yep. just hit two. He hit the freaking the walk-off three-run shot, and he hit the go-ahead three-run shot. Um, so that's what happens when your star players really step up for you. The Yankees won in 2009. Everybody, you know, knows the Hideki Matsui World Series MVP and everything like that. But the MVP of that postseason was A-Rod. A-Rod was hitting home runs. It was like every game. And he yep. hit a couple game-tying, walk-off home runs that that postseason. He killed the Twins that year. Like, which what Yankee doesn't kill the Twins at this point? But <laughs> um, you need – we like, Judge needs to get going for this team right now. Because once when, when Judge is hot, it's, something, it's a different – it's a different look for the team. It lifts the re- it lifts the rest of the team up. Guys to have better at bats. Like it it really does rely on the star shoulders and and judges that star. The Yankees clearly don't have that right now. And hundred percent right, he's been pretty bad this postseason. Stanton's had a couple of clutch hits, but I think his batting average is under two hundred for the whole postseason as well. Rizzo's been good. I can't really get on Rizzo. There have been a couple of guys in this lineup, though, that have been pretty brutal. Donaldson is getting crushed in the New York media, as he should. But one guy in particular for me that's come up the last two nights with guys on base is Matt Carpenter. And he's been, he was so great for that, you know, one month, two month stretch before he got hurt. But he has been bad in this series so far. Coming up with guys on base, not getting the big hit. It feels like he strikes out every time. I feel yeah. like when he comes up with guys on base, he's striking out. But he hasn't faced much major league pitching. Did he face any major league pitching before this no. series? No. He just came back. That's a tough. That's a tough spot for a guy that's been hurt to now throw him into an AL uh, American League Championship Series against the best team in the American League. You know, I'm not I don't want to be the guy who's like hypercritical of the manager and is looking, you know, to point fingers and somebody to take the blame, but the way Aaron Boone has managed this series so far or just the postseason in general, it's it's been really frustrating and it, it kinda makes sense because it's the way that the team has been managed both through the front office and from Boone the whole season. Um just a couple of things. First off, I think the the hottest topic of them all that everybody loves to talk about is the whole shortstop situation for the Yankees, right? You've had IKF that they will still will die on the hill of he's their this great shortstop and whatever, you know, Boone saying he should have been a gold glove finalist, which is comical. Um you have him playing like playing terrible. So then game 5 of the ALDS, you put Oswald Cabrera, Oswaldo Cabrera at short. Then game 1 IKF is Back at shortstop. I think so, right? Yeah. I think he played short game one. I'm just sorry. The, the, the lineup changes. Play, the lineup changes. I can't so play much, shortstop game one. Yeah. I can't play shortstop game one. Then, so, so you're willing to take him out in an elimination game, but game one now it's fine. You put him yeah. back at shortstop. Then yesterday, they put Peraza at short. Peraza plays a gorgeous shortstop. Like, looks incredible at short. We know about that he's got a good bat, too. He's a fast guy, like, five-tool player. The power hasn't been there yet, but it'll it'll develop. Um, and now the lineup hasn't come out, f- obviously, yet for tomorrow's game. Um, but, you know, there's been some rumors, and they asked Boone in interviews today, like, what's going on. He's still not confident to name Peraza the starting shortstop for tomorrow. Now, I don't know if that's a a strategic move because he doesn't want the Astros to know, but it's not football. Like, they're not going to scheme against uh, Oswald Peraza. Um, If Oswald Peraza is not the starting shortstop tomorrow, it's it's really just – it's mind-boggling. Like, it's it's laughable at that point. Like, they are willing to die on this IKF hill to where Aaron Boone and I think especially Brian Cashman – will prove the point that or will will fail to admit that he was wrong about the IKF trade that he would rather be eliminated than put a better team out there to try to advance in the postseason. Yeah, it's funny that you know they bring him up and they didn't use him at first Peraza and then they started to use him a little bit more and he started, you know, he started to get into a little groove and they leave him off the DS roster. 
Then mm-hmm. they, like, you you said it, they bench IKF in elimination game, then had a chance when Hicks got hurt and left to bring IKF in yep. in the middle of that game. They chose not to again, and they finally brought him in because they, they, they pinch rant for somebody, and he had no choice to bring him in uh, for the eighth and ninth inning of the game five of the DS. And it's just, you have to admit that you were wrong, and it almost feels like they do not want to admit that they were wrong, that now... In what felt like a must-win game Thursday night, you're putting in Peraza, who was a better defender than IKF, and offensively, yeah. you can't be much worse than the guy. He's better There's than no... IKF offensively. The kid, the kid batted 350 at bats so far this year. There's no point in going back to the IK. Admit you were wrong, and just exactly. go to Peraza. Now we'll see what happens. Defense alone, defense alone, you should just go to the guy. Right, but also. With with the Matt Carpenter stuff that you brought up before. So, they start Carpenter, his first start, against Justin Verlander. Yeah. So, you know. I guess, at the time, I'm not going to kill them about it. Because at the time, I was excited about Carpenter being in the lineup. Um, thinking he would be uh, look a little better at the plate. Um, so then, game one... There's two outs. They're down 4-2. Jose Trevino's at the plate. You have Oswaldo Cabrera on the bench, who's a guy who you have been batting in towards the middle of your order in the playoffs, and they decide, let's just have Jose Trevino, you know. Kogashioka is still available, so your cat, your backup catcher is still there. Let's just have Trevino put this at bat, you know, go up to bat right now. Down to your last out, when you have a clearly better hitter on the bench. That, I think, went... Uh, it kind of flew under the radar for a bad move that Aaron Boone had because I think everybody was just like, all right, it was down to their last out of the game, which doesn't matter. I don't care how many outs are left in the game. I've seen crazier things happen. You go and try to give yourself the best chance to win. Now, the next day, Matt Carpenter's not in the lineup. Understandable. Then you put him up down to your last out. You pinch hit Matt Carpenter, who looks lost at the plate, has not faced live pitching until the playoffs and is 0 for 6 in the playoffs so far. And he strikes out to end the game. So I don't know what kind of reverse managing is going on right now, but I think Boone's done a pretty bad job. Yeah. And a couple of guys did a bad job last night after the game. And I want to talk about this for a second before we move oh, on yeah. to the Phillies and Braves series, uh, Phillies and Braves, Phillies and Padres series. I see the Braves still in my head. Um, Luis Severino talking after the game uh, Thursday night says the Astros got lucky because Alex Bregman's 91 mile per hour, mile per hour home run went over the fence, but Judge's 106 mile per hour home run did not go over the fence. There were a couple of guys that said because the roof was open. These This ball did not get out. The one that Judge hit, I think it was the seventh or the eighth inning. Uh, Judge hit one to the wall. Tucker made a nice play at the wall uh, to rob him of extra bases, possibly a home run. But this just, it sounds desperate. It sa- I mean, it just, it did not sound like a team that is should be in the postseason. Like right now in the postseason, you're battling and you're making excuses after losing the second game of the series. It's not over yet. What what are we doing? Are we playing MLB The Show? Or is it, we're talking about exit velocities and what ball went out? Who cares? How about, did you see the Guardians players after losing Game 5 say, oh, you know, Stanton's home run wouldn't have been out at Progressive Field because it wouldn't have. It would have hit off the wall or whatever at Progressive Field. Did you see any of them saying that? I don't think so. And that was, that home run sent them home. So it's, it's... It's pretty pathetic. Yeah, Iron Boone talking about the roof being open. I mean, give me a break. It's like we say the same thing. If, if anyone should be complaining or, or should know what it's like to hear p- people complain about a stadium and whatever, it should be the New York Yankees and their fans. Because all we hear is, oh, short porch doesn't count, Mickey Mouse home run, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, all the defense that we'll have will be, Okay, you do it too. We're playing in the same ballpark. Blah, blah, blah. So my response to that would be, okay, Kyle Hagashioka, why don't you guys just go hit a 90-mile-an-hour pop fly into the Crawford boxes? Because it seems pretty easy for the Astros to do it. Why the hell can't we do it? 
It's just it's a pathetic excuse. Kyle Higashioka looked like he had never seen a baseball being thrown at him before when he was at the plate yesterday. So I don't know where the hell he's coming from saying that. I saw the stuff Severino said. The Boone stuff, like, you know, we already talked about the roof being over. That's ridiculous. It's just, it's lousy excuses. It's a loser mentality. In my lifetime watching baseball, I've never, and because this would come up, uh, I think I heard somebody talk about it in 2005 when the uh, White Sox and Astros played each other in the World Series. The roof open actually hurt the Astros. But I've never heard so much controversy about a freaking roof being open and not being open. It actually gives the Astros an advantage when it's closed because a lot of people say it's one of the loudest stadiums in baseball when it's closed. It was open last night and the Yankees were not, I guess weren't happy about it. I I, I don't know. It's not the Astros call. It's baseball's call, whether or not the roof is open. They announced it almost 24 hours before the game, more than 24 hours before the game started uh, Thursday night, so listen, lousy. Just sounds like a loser mentality there, and and, and the Yankees are gonna have to rebound, and they're gonna have to play a big Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and, and get control of this series. You're right. If they can go back winning three straight, they'll obviously they'll set them them set themselves up nicely and take uh, momentum back. But if the Astros win one more in New York, they're they're setting themselves up pretty perfectly to go finish that out in Houston. Let's talk about the Phillies and the Padres, one of the more surprising, surprising NLC championship series in general, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first NLCS that involves 280-win teams, uh, and this is just the definition of, of getting hot at the right time. The Los Angeles Dodgers, 111 wins. Some people are calling them the biggest disappointment in recent memory. The Atlanta Braves, wow. NLE's champions, 101 wins. Defending champs, they go down to the Phillies. And the Mets, obviously we know about them going down in the wild card round, 101 wins. So the 300-win teams in the league go down before the championship series. And this is a fun series. From what we've seen so far in San Diego, this is an interesting and fun series. It is. You know, people like to always say, you know, uh, well, this is stupid. You know, baseball's so weird, and it is. I mean, I we I say it on the show all the time. You say it. Baseball is very weird. Very. Um, you know, the best team doesn't always win. And do I think that's the case with the Padres and the Phillies advancing? And you know, like you just said, the three teams not being there. Probably, you know, probably those those teams. If I'm sure, if they played each other for 162 games, the 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 you know the Padres and the Phillies would not be the two best teams out of those five. But it also makes you think there's a lot of factors that go into a regular season and, you know, a win total is just a win total. And Does the win total really show how great a team is and everything that everything like that? So while I do think that most likely these two teams are not the two best teams in the National League, it could also mean that, hey, maybe the regular season doesn't tell the whole story and maybe these teams are better than the other ones and we just we you just you don't know um they got hot at the right time i think that's probably what happened um but i also think that the phillies their pitching staff is almost second to none those top two um and the padres have had a their offense has been great in the playoffs um their pitching has been great so do I think that both teams are hot? Yes. But, like I said, the Phillies started 21-29. and 29. So, yeah, they're an 87-win team. However, 87 wins from 21-29, and 29, it's pretty good. Since June, they're one of the better teams in baseball, as, are, as were the Braves. They got hot at the right time, too. Maybe after June when they fired. It was a little after June. In June. When they fired Girardi. So, yeah, they've been really good for a, a little while now. I, I think you, you nailed it right on the head with the pitching for the Phillies. The Phillies have the offense, right? I mean, I don't think that was really ever coming into question. Maybe would the right guy step up at the right time? That may have been a question. And Bryce Harper is having himself a postseason to remember. Yep. And 
Kyle Schwarber's hitting big and monstrous home runs. That one he hit in game one. Holy crap. Uh, Castellanos has been just a major disappointment all regular season long. And outside of a couple of plays in the Atlanta series, he hasn't done much. But Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Gene Segura, all these guys, uh, they are stepping up in a big way. And you said it, the, the pitching staff. Zach Wheeler, you know, we say, oh, DeGrom is the, the, the best steal of a contract for a starting pitcher, and Sandy Alcantara is the best steal of a contract for a star- starting pitcher. How about Zach Wheeler? Yeah. I mean, this guy is nails. Unbelievable for this team. And Nola, uh, he struggled Wednesday night, but he's been uh, – the first two starts of the postseason were excellent. Mm-hmm. They you know, got the form. They got the formula. We, I don't know if the Phillies have been really criticized over the years for their free agent signings, but they they definitely they have. They had uh, yeah, I mean, they they probably have. You know, and they, I think the Wheeler cri- one, they, they... the Wheeler one got criticized at the time. Um, the Real Mudo one got criticized. You know, Harper, thirteen years. You know, the, and then obviously this offseason. Castellanos and Schwarber, um, which Castellanos, that one still isn't really working out, but he is producing now. Um, but when you look at this team now, these are some of the best contracts in baseball at this point. I mean, like you just said about Zach Wheeler, that's worked out great. Bryce Harper, I know it's a 13-year deal. That's almost a steal right now. The way the guys, he's he's won an MVP. He's Can I playing at numbers? an MVP level, level right now. Sure. 101 home runs. He's drove in 296 guys. He's batting 282. He's got a 394 on base, a 546 slugging. That equals a 940 OPS and a 150 OPS plus as a Philly. Yep. Remember, Fantastic. He, he, we had the 2020 shortened season. He was hurt this year, and he was hurt a little bit in 2021. He only played 100 games this year. Mm-hmm. That's un, It's unbelievable what he's been doing. This team, it, it it really shows how it doesn't really matter how you build a team sometimes because this Phillies team looks a lot like a 2009 Yankees where you don't have a ton of homegrown guys. You went out, you spent a lot of money, and it's working out for them. I mean, look at their lineup today, for example. Kyle Schwarber, free agent signing. Reese Hoskins, homegrown. JT Ramudo, free agent. Harper, free agent. Castellanos, free agent. Alec Bohm, not a major factor in their lineup. Homegrown. Hey, don't don't say that. Don't. Bryce Bohm's is, been good. He's he's not. Yeah, but he's in general not a very feared guy in their lineup. Uh, Bryson Stott, homegrown. Gene Segura, free agent. Brandon Marsh traded for him. So that's two thirds of the lineup have been acquired through free agency or through trade. Yeah. And through big free agent signings, not just, you know, oh, we signed him to a small deal and he's breaking out for us. Like, Sometimes these guys it just were works. all big names on the market. Sometimes it works. It and really it... just shows that I think I, I'm starting to honestly get turned off from the sport of baseball because I just <laughs> think it's, I'm honestly starting to think that it's just like a freaking luck competition. That's what because... it is. I'm, I'm done getting entirely invested in the regular right. season. Is I'm this team done. built for the postseason? Blah, blah, blah. Nobody's built for the postseason. It's, it's, is our luck built for the postseason? Because you look at this lineup, and yeah, they've made some big signings, and it's worked out for them and whatever, but is this Phillies team, like, really something you look at where you're like, that's a World Series team right there? It, it of all, course not. It all just comes down, honestly, it comes down to, Build a team that's competitive enough that can get you to the postseason. And once you're in the postseason, it doesn't matter. It's not yeah. not 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 completely. Like obviously, if you have a great team versus a good team in the postseason, the great team's gonna have a little bit better of a chance. Like the Astros are looking great right now. The Astros and the Yankees were the two best teams in the AL this year, and they're facing off the NLCS. But there's also you can look at it from the flip side, like this Padres, Phillies. The two, what was it, the Padres were the five, five and the six seed. They're the two lowest seeds in the NL, and they're facing off in the championship series. So, 
It's cry cry. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and just quickly on the Padres side, they made those cr- that crazy trade, a couple of crazy trades, and being again being aggressive works sometimes. And giving up your farm for Juan Soto and Josh Bell, who by the way did not come over and make immediate impacts, did not come over and take them to where they thought that they could go in the regular season. I don't think they thought they were going to catch the Dodgers, but they thought that you know they may have home field advantage in a wild card round, and they did not. Mm-hmm. And they face a 100-win team, and they went and beat them. And now they went and beat the Dodgers, who they haven't beat. They haven't beat the Dodgers ever. In the last 15 years, this team Dodgers, has gotten utterly the dominated. The the Dodgers' little sons, literally. Yeah. They were 5-14 and 14 against them. It's baseball. It's That's like, it. I'm it's, done. It's, just I'm, I'm done. You, it's making you like, you know, when people say like, oh, this is making me to start to believe like my life is a lie. Like yeah. these are the moments where I'm like being a baseball fan. Like it's all a lie. Like what, like yeah. what, what, what even is this? That's it. D- stop getting invested in the regular season. I'll go to games. I'll follow. I'll watch all of them. I'm not going crazy. My heart is mm-hmm. not going to be racing in you know, games in July against a division rival. I don't care. Get me to the postseason, then let's see what happens. Because yep. you really do not know. Um, we're going to take a break. we got a few things in the NFL to do. It's going to be happier in the NFL. Our teams are alive and well. So when we come back to episode 77, we're going to have the NFL uh, and talk about a bunch of different games. The S&E Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Go episode 77 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. Great first um, break with the MLB postseason. It's always intense. It's always exciting. And we'll see what happens with the rest of these series. But we are going to talk about the NFL, which um, is the, getting the crazy. good I sport. Yeah, the good sport for us. Let's go. I can't yeah. believe we're saying that. Go but on. it is. And uh, week seven's already here. I mean, Halloween's in a week. My birthday's on Monday. I keep forgetting my birthday's Monday. It's and tomorrow. 22 years old. And then it's going to it's going to be Christmas in like like that. It's going to be Christmas. We're going to be done with school. First semester of school done. You're going to be graduating, you old man. It's like come on. It's yeah. it's crazy. Mhm. How fast uh, the NFL season goes. What are you doing for your birthday? Anything fun? I don't have no clue. I'm throwing my parents a uh, anniversary party on Sunday. So I'm not even going to be able to watch most of the games in the 1 o'clock oh, crap, window. Really? Thankfully, I, I'm betting on most of the 4 o'clock games. I love all the 4 o'clock games. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be, I'll go home watch Red Zone for that. But I'll be able to watch a giant game. They better have it on at the restaurant. If not, we're going to have problems. Yeah. What, anyway. what restaurant? What are you going to? Italian uh, restaurant in Lovetown. Oh, They're nice. not paying me to sponsor them, so I'm not going to say their name. Italian restaurant. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that if we say the name, the, the place is going to be flooded. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're, yeah. We're, uh, we're we're Dave Portnoy. Uh, the second he says the pizzeria's name, that's yeah. it. They can't handle the it. hard line. That effect, happens. Yeah, that happens. But anyway, let's get into this. Christian McCaffrey late Thursday night was trade. Was it? It might have even been Friday morning, early Friday morning. Was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a bunch of picks. Uh, the 49ers make this move. They've lost. They lose running backs like it's nobody's business to injuries, unfortunately. Yeah, really. And they grab McCaffrey here, and this is this is a huge, huge move for a team. I already liked to get to the Super Bowl even after their loss to the Atlanta Falcons. This was my team in the NFC to get there, and I like them even more now. This just adds so much to their offense. But big move and. To steal them. The other team that was involved deep in the trade talks with the Panthers was the Rams. Stealing from the Rams. That's big. That is very big. Even though I think the Rams suck either way. Yeah. Um, especially, did, did Joseph Noteboom got hurt. Their O-line was already bad. Now they're even worse. I don't uh, Bad news for the Rams. Um, yeah, it was a huge move for the Niners. I mean, 
I know we had them as a Super Bowl team, and I'm keeping them. I'm keeping this, them. I man. think this this makes them better, and I could see them still getting to the Super Bowl because I think the NFC is just so wide open. Like it couldn't be the NFC is a receiver that ran a stop and go, and the corner fell down. And the receivers just there's no one within thirty yards of him. That is how right. wide open the NFC is this year. Wow. Um, while I do think the Eagles are a fantastic team, they're not the Bills. All right, they're not they're not a, a you know a, a juggernaut like we've seen in the past where they're just gonna kill everybody, right? Which the Bills aren't gonna kill everybody, but I'm trying to say they're not of that stature of like star power. And, of course not. Um. But, yeah, it's a great move for the Niners. I really am looking forward to seeing how McCaffrey's going to play with this offensive line. Um, they should be He's getting Trent Williams. He's going to look sexy in should those be getting, uniforms. Yeah, he will. He will. Great helmets. Best helmet in football. Um, best unis. Best unis in football. They should be getting Trent Williams back pretty soon. I think a couple more weeks. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a great team. I think Jimmy G is going to probably check it down to him as much as he can, even though – they don't really run that type of offense where he's going to be sitting back there all day in a spread type offense and, you know, these long developing routes. And I, I don't, that's not really how the, the Niners roll. Um, but if he fits the mold of this offense, right, it's a run heavy offense. It's an offense that relies on a lot of run after catch. Um, and he does both of those things very well. So I think he's a perfect fit for the offense. Um, he's on one of my fantasy teams. So I'm hoping that he, uh, produces at the same level or maybe even better than he is already. But um, I think this move definitely made sense. It was a shock a little bit. You know, we weren't expecting the Niners. I think if anybody expected him to be traded, it would be to the Rams or the Bills. Um, but that that aside, it's a great move for the Niners, and I think it uh, it's, it's going to help them win the, win the West. The 49ers have great line play, especially when, when everybody's healthy. But their offensive line is always very good. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. One of the best offensive linemen in football, probably. And their defensive line is also very good. So right there, the line play is elite. They have weapons on the outside. They have one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker, Fred Warner. They are good everywhere. They have experience. Kyle Shanahan's won before. Won in the playoffs before. They've gone on runs, deep runs into the postseason. This team is ready to go. They have Jimmy G, who, listen, holds them back at times. But we've seen him get to the Super Bowl, get to an NFC Championship game as recently as last season. Yep. This team's going to be fine. I don't care if they go 9-8, and 10-7. and seven, They're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And by wow. the way, this may be a hot take. Eagles are really, really good, and they're fun to watch. The Giants, they're fun to watch, too. It's great what they're doing. We'll get to them in a minute. The Dallas Cowboys, without their starting quarterback, went to Philadelphia and in the first half looked like a college football team against an NFL team. And then in the second half, came back and showed some fight and almost actually won the game. The Cowboys, to me, are more dangerous to get to a Super Bowl than the Philadelphia Eagles are because the Dallas Cowboys have a Good offensive line, good defensive line, and I, for whatever reason, throwing the football, I trust Dak Prescott a little bit more. The Eagles, the Eagles feel they feel to me like one of these teams that they're gonna go fourteen and three, probably maybe fifteen and two. They'll be the one seed, and they're gonna run into one of those teams. They're gonna get hot, and they're gonna manhandle them and beat them in that for in that divisional round. Well, I it just. Here's the thing I'll say about the Eagles. Here's the thing I'll say about the Eagles. They have all those things you just said. They have the offensive line. They have the defensive yes. line. Their 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 defense in general. They have maybe the best secondary in football. Right there, they have the best probably the duo two, of corners. Duo of corners right now. The reason why I could see the Eagles not making it to the Super Bowl or making it deep in the playoffs is, like you said. If they run into one of those teams where they're having a tough time in the trenches or whatever it is, like the Niners or like the Cowboys, right? Two great defensive lines right there. Um, or maybe they're getting dominated by that Cowboys offensive line, whatever. I think the reason why they would lose is that, yes. But 
I don't know if Jalen Hurts – I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's very talented. I think he even has the potential of being a top 10, MVP. maybe top 5 MVP-level quarterback one day, maybe even this year. This year? Just, be, he, just because – but also, let's not get it twisted. I might get a lot of hate for this statement, but it's what I believe. Just because he's playing at an MVP level, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's an MVP-type quarterback. Yeah, I got you. Right? Because Carson Wentz almost won an MVP. Exactly. Never an MVP Guys have good years because they're they're fortunate because of you know, their their team uh, collectively is playing great, right? Uh they don't really have to do too much. They could give it to their playmakers or and Jalen Hurts has that ability to escape and make plays on his own, everything like that. But we understand who the elite quarterbacks are. Comes down right, comes down to who would you rather have in these situations? I'd rather take a lot of guys over him, like your Josh Allens and your Mahomes and guys like that. There, I don't know if Hurts has the ability, just only that, that point I was going to make. Yeah. I don't know if Hurts has the ability to put that team on his shoulders and let have them overcome some challenges they're facing in the playoffs against a great team and win that game. Nick I think once he does good... that, then he'll cement himself as, okay, Jalen Hurts is like the man. Like, okay. And he's going to get paid like the man in this offseason because he's a free agent. He only He's only a second-round pick. He doesn't have a long contract. I'm pretty sure he gets paid at the end of this year. And he will. The Eagles will have to pay him, especially if the season continues and we think it's going to go. Nick Sirianni's done a good job with this team, a very good job with this team. But there is something to this not being able to play well in the second half. They are I, – I, I haven't looked at any numbers, but just from watching them – Oh, you got one more year? Yeah. They also they might pay him in the offseason though. They might yeah, overpay yeah. for him, get it done now. I I've watched this team and I haven't looked at any numbers. They have to be one of the worst second half teams in football. And that is on coaching. I have not seen this team come out in the second half and put a game away. They yeah. didn't do it against the Lions. They did not do it against the Vikings. They did not do it against the Cowboys. They barely put the game away against the Cowboys. They should have lost the game to the Cardinals two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm blanking on the other ones. They just haven't put games away in the second half, and that is on coaching. And until they figure that out, I'm saying Dallas would beat them. When Dallas plays them at home, they're going to win that game by a touchdown. The Jags. That was the other game. The Jags. The Jags put themselves away in that game because they threw like two pick sixes, and it was pouring rain. Yeah. I think it's the only game where the Eagles scored multiple touchdowns in the second half. But, all right, let's just talk about the NFC in general right now. Sure. What team can you confidently say is a threat to make it to the Super Bowl in that conference besides the Eagles and, I guess, the Niners? I just I, the, Giants, this... the, the Giants are legit, right? The Giants are a legit playoff they're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not. They they're not a Super Bowl contender though. Like they have, no. you know, they have great. The, the Giants are a team that is definitely overachieving right now because of the coaching and the and the scheme and everything like that. It's been great. Dabble deserves Coach of the Year like a hundred percent. Um, but that's only going to get you so far. You still need talented players on the field, which they, they obviously have some talented players. Not a bunch of bums, but no, they they'll are, win are ten not or eleven. Nearly as talented of a team as some of these other teams are. They'll win 10 or 11 games, and they'll lose in the wild card round, and it'll, it's an insanely successful year. I understand that. I have a feeling that Tampa is going to turn this thing around. This isn't a hot take. I think Tampa is going to finally turn it around. I think Brady and this whole entire offense is going to get their head out of their ass because guess what? Defense is still really good. Defense is still playing well. Yeah. So as long as that defense continues to play well and the offense starts to get it going a little more, that team is going to shape in a form. There's nobody challenging them in that division. I mean, if you want to say America's team, the Atlanta Falcons is are fine. I don't think they are. I don't think they'll be challenging them for that division though in a few weeks. So I I, I guess Tampa, but that's kind of an obvious answer. Funny, nobody's talking about the five and one Vikings, but nobody sees was, them as a potential Super Bowl team. I was just about to say, I I still I can't see it with them. They they're off to a great start. I understand that, but 
I, I, Kirk Cousins, man. Like, I think, I think Kirk Cousins is a decent quarterback, but that's it. Like, he's not, he's not a great quarterback, and you don't need a great quarterback to make it to the Super Bowl. We've seen in the past, hence Jimmy G, guys make it to the Super Bowl not being great quarterbacks. But I don't know if that team overall could be, could could run their way through the NFC. I mean, the pass there's rush no, is great. There's no. Group on this team. There's no what's the word? There's no unit on this team. There's no defense. There's no great running game. There's no amazing head coach that's putting them over the edge, in spite of their quarterback. Right? Yeah. I think that's what it is. And they win close games. You know, they win ugly at times. And, mm-hmm. and winning close games is a skill. You know, it's not easy to win close games, and they do it. But it's like you can't trust the guy. Yeah, they got the weapons on the outside. But even so, I mean, you got Jefferson who's been inconsistent. What has Thielen done this season? You know, they have the guys, but not really that trustworthy at times. Just not. They're going to win the division. Like Cousins this is good is, enough right. to win them the division and get them to a postseason game, and that's about it. This is definitely a year where one of these teams, maybe one of these NFC West teams um, or somebody else, is going to really hit their stride in the second half of the season and emerge as a, a threat in the NFC. You're not say, and you're not saying the like the 49ers are not part of that group. No, they are. I think they are. I, that, I mean, like, that's my they, team. they had they had the expectations before the season, but they're also a three and three team right now. I'm just saying you're just waiting for one of these teams that's. Gonna maybe not emerge as a, but yeah, emerge as a threat, but like hit their stride. A team's really gonna hit their stride in the second half, and and emerge as like the 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 force to be reckoned with. While I think the Eagles will be one of those teams, there's gonna be multiple threats, and that's when I think one of those other teams is gonna step up. Yeah, I, 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 I maybe guess it'll the be Bucks, the Packers too. I don't see that. I don't I, either, but maybe you don't know. You know, it's funny. Their defense, which is really good on paper and should be really good, and they're not playing terribly, but they're not winning them any games. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what people thought. Even, you know, I don't think it was crazy to say that this offense was going to take a step back. I think most people probably thought the offense would take a step back. Maybe not this far back, but their defense is not winning them any ball games. Okay, I have a very bold, bold statement to make right now. Okay. It's very off topic. It's it has to do with football, but it has nothing to do with any team in the NFC. Okay, yeah, I, I want to get to the AFC. I want to talk about your New York Jets. So, a team that has tormented my New York Jets over the past twenty years, the New England Patriots. Sure, there's been a lot of talk about their franchise quarterback, Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's oh, not yeah. Mac Jones. Maybe it's Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Guess what? What? It's neither of them, okay? It's neither of them. This is typical. Bill Belichick has this amazing ability to make these mid-to-bad quarterbacks look great. And, yeah, it's fun to be like, oh, maybe Billy Zappi's the next Tom Brady. You know, they, they found their Tom Brady. Or, you know, Mac Jones isn't the guy. They didn't, th- this whole time, it's been Bailey Zappi. We didn't realize it's neither of them, okay? Both these guys are playing good, and I'm sure if Bailey Zappi was the Patriots franchise quarterback, he could probably be a pretty serviceable quarterback, right? Play at a decent level, but nobody's going to the Hall of Fame. These guys aren't going to be winning Super Bowl rings for the Patriots. Their their franchise quarterback is not on their roster. I believe it is. I think it's one of these guys. I don't know which one, but one of these guys is going to be the New England Patriots quarterback for the next seven, eight years. And I went back and watched Bailey Zappi's last two games, okay? I did. I watched every throw he made. Watched his film. That does not look like a backup quarterback. That does not look like a third or fourth round pick, whatever the hell he was, okay? He's got zip to his throws. He gets the ball out fast. He moves around. He steps up in the pocket, and he's accurate. That is not a backup quarterback. That is a starting quarterback, and... I would not go back to Mac Jones because you drafted him in the first round a year ago. I would They're... let this kid take a crap on national TV against the Bears, which he won't on Monday, before I put Mac Jones back in there. 
give them a chance. They're that's exactly you kind of hit on my point a little right there, where you said he you know, gets the ball out of his hands fast and everything, which isn't a you know it's, it takes talent to do that or whatever, but it doesn't take much to much to succeed in this Belichick little coddled offense as a quarterback. Well, it's it's not it's Belichick's not Tom offense. Brady like. Tom Brady, as much as I criticized him when he was in New England and said he was a you know a, a mixture between a great quarterback and a system quarterback, which he was in New England, I'll die on that hill. Tom Brady is an amazingly talented quarterback who also played in an amazing amazing system. It's not a bad thing. It's just truth. Um, these guys though are not amazing talents who could succeed uh, succeed elsewhere and 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 even succeed to an MVP level in this offense. But maybe Tom Brady before he, maybe when Tom Brady first got there, maybe that's how he started. He started as one of these guys that wouldn't succeed anywhere else but New England. And he became talented in this system after years and years in the system. Like, Tom Brady wasn't just drafted in the sixth round for Michigan and jump in when he came in and was this amazingly talented quarterback. It's going to take time, and it may take time for a Bailey Zappi or a Mac Jones, but they show you things. They've shown you, like, okay, there's something here to work with. I know we all rush to judgment with these quarterbacks that are drafted in the first round or even whenever they're drafted. We rush to judgment. Oh, well, if you don't see something at least by year two, you got to move on and reset that clock. And in some cases, yes, it, you should reset that clock if you know somebody's not the guy. But why can't we be a little bit more patient? Why can't we wait to see what but happens? We saw the same thing with Mac Jones last year, and people were ready to, you know, were already saying, "Oh my God, they—he's the best quarterback in this class." They found their Brady or whatever. And I said before this season, I said I think Mac Jones hit his ceiling already, or even overachieved last year, and is not going to get much better. And now, what is happening? Mac Jones gets hurt, and they're already ready to kick him to the curb because there's a new mid quarterback who's also succeeding in this in this uh, system. And it's like, Give oh, it he's time. the guy. Neither of them are the guy. They could just—it's—they're—they're—it's—they're it's, they're just succeeding in the Belichick. They're doing exactly what they're told to do. And it works. But okay, Bailey Zappi, his home. career isn't going to go like this on an upward trajectory. He's he's going to be here the whole time. How do we, how do we know this? We don't know. I'm just we telling you. I'm telling you. It's, I, we don't know. I don't know anything for sure. I don't know what, if the sun's going to come up tomorrow. But I'm just telling you, that's my prediction, and that's what I think. Okay. He's, we, he's, that's, all right, he's and my thing is... In some situations, and thankfully for the Patriots, they are in a situation where, you know what? If they don't know for the next two years whether one of these guys is their franchise quarterback and they have to be developed, that's okay. The New York Jets. Let's bring it close to home. New York Jets, New York Giants. It's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not the guy. We don't know if it's the guy yet. Do we know if Zach Wilson's the guy yet? Merlo. What is, Answer that question. I don't understand your... No, we don't know if Zach Wilson's the guy yet. But what is the point of, like, talking sports if we're just going to be like, oh, we don't know yet, so there's no reason to talk about it. I'm giving you, like, my prediction. Like, that is, like... Because people are, are saying he's the guy. That's my point. People are saying, I'm like, well, no, he's not the guy. And I'm yeah, saying we don't, we don't know, know yet. for sure if he's going to be. But he's... You just said, I think these guys are going to... I think he'll be the guy for seven to eight years. What are you talking about? Okay, well... Yeah. Well, what? Let's see exactly what how. You said. Let's see how these next few weeks go with Zappy. I like Jones already. I'm so, I'm sold on Mac Jones being a franchise quarterback. And franchise quarterback doesn't mean elite quarterback. Franchise quarterback means we can win with this guy. He's our starting quarterback. But what is franchise I think Jones now? already? What do we define that like is like is like Jimmy G level a franchise quarterback? Um, Eli think, Manning. Okay. Eli Manning was a this? franchise quarterback. How about this? I think that these guys can be franchise quarterbacks for the New England Patriots because Belichick doesn't need much. But generally speaking, when we talk franchise quarterback, when you know when you draft those guys in the top three, right. is he going to be a franchise quarterback? They're not that level. 
They're not. Okay, but for their franchise, they could be franchise quarterbacks. Sure, because Belichick doesn't give a crap about the quarterback position much, honestly. He cares more about building the rest of the team. We know who their offensive coordinators are, right? It's Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. That's who's running the offense. Exactly. And it's working. The fact that they put up 38 points against the Cleveland Browns, who are not some bad football team with nobody on defense. They're a pretty decent football team. They went into Cleveland and put in up 38 points last week with mm-hmm. a backup quarterback. Like, this isn't just, I don't know. I want to see more. That That's what I want with Zappi. I want to see more. I want to see what can happen. Because from what I watched in the last two games, and even against uh, the Packers when he came in, when Hoyer got hurt, these didn't look like, this doesn't look like a backup quarterback. So, yeah. I want to see Zappy more, and I think Jones already has the intangibles to be a franchise quarterback. I do. For them. Franchise quarterback for the New England Patriots. If we talk about a guy that doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. Sure. He's playing your team this week. Mm. Yeah. The corniest dude in the NFL who people are finally starting to realize is annoying as hell. Yeah. Can I admit something? I've always said to you and your brother and whoever's talked trash to Russell Wilson, I've said, oh, he's such a great guy. Shut up. Who cares? Not only am I off on him, I actually, from what I've heard now from on some other podcasts, I actually don't like Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Did you see what Marshawn Lynch and um, uh, what's his name? Richard Sherman were saying? Yep. Yeah. They were talking <laughs> yeah. about how he... What you couldn't get to him when he was on your team, you had to call his manager, you had to call other people to finally get in touch with him. He wasn't easy to get to. I don't mm-hmm. like that. That's not a that's, good teammate. That's and if you're the crazy, if you're the starting quarterback of a franchise, that should not be happening. Mm-hmm. So bad job, Russ. So I'm I'm off on Russ. I do think they're gonna win on Sunday. I think they're gonna beat the Jets, but. This is turning out to be really, really bad. You want to be part of uh, the the receipts? Is that is that what you're yeah. doing right now? You put, you put me on the receipts. I also think the Giants okay. are losing this week. So really, yeah, I think the Giants are going to lose to the Jags. Yeah, okay. I think we're going to see um, more of the same that we've seen the last six years. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's just going to be some cakewalk for the Jets. I mean, the the Broncos have a, the third best defense in football. So yep. I think it'll. This game might turn out to be gross, like very gross. It might just be like a punt off, kind of like we saw in uh, the first half of the Green Bay game last week. Oh my god! What a uh, gross start! Actually, the second half too. I mean, the Jets scored twenty-seven points. One of the touchdowns was a block punt. It was um, a gross game. I mean, I'm happy the Jets won, and you know, yeah. it was a big win for them. And happy you had a great time. That must have been sick in Lambeau. But mm-hmm. very well, as a consumer at the bar, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Don't blame that, you. Yeah. Um, they're in trouble though. I mean, I don't want to like really overreact because I think Russ is talented, but just say it. The Seahawks won that trade. Oh, I didn't think you were saying that. <laughs> the, they, like they really did. I mean. <laughs> Geno Smith is, A, first of all, Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson at this point. I don't think overall he's a better quarterback, but today Geno Smith is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Yeah. And you also got draft picks, obviously, the Seahawks did. Um, Noah Fant, I mean, he hasn't done much for the Seahawks, but young tight end, nice talent. Um, and the Seahawks' defense Looks pretty good. They have a defensive rookie of the year candidate right now at corner. Not looking too bad for Seattle. And I feel like Pete Carroll's having the last laugh a little bit right now. The thing that I wanted you to say was fire Nathaniel Hackett. Don't even wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no. That, that, come on. Is that even a big statement right now? I I guess not. Guys, I'm more. I remember he's. He's brutal. I mean. He, when I think about them, and I and I want to go bet them, right? Like this week, if they had the backup quarterback in, the only reason why I would not bet the Broncos because I would like the line, and I would, you know, I I like the defense. The only reason why I wouldn't bet the Broncos is because 
Nathaniel Hackett's their head coach. He holds them back that much. If we're talking points on the point spread, he may hold them back at least a point. You might take a point away because of how bad of a head coach he is. He's the worst head coach in football. He's brutal. Oh, it's terrible. He's awful. It's it's not good. You're right. And, and to sign him to that extension that they did before the season started, uh, you know, they can't get out of that contract. You know, when you sign a contract, you usually get out of it after a couple of years. I think it's three years before the dead money isn't over $60 million. So the, it's impossible. Maybe they should, you know, stop. Maybe they should like, stop doing that in the NFL. Like, <laughs> trading for guys and immediately extending them. Like, yeah. I think what's worse, at least Russell Wilson is playing. How about the Browns trading for Deshaun Watson, who is literally a sexual predator and is mm. throwing, hasn't played football in two years, and is probably, I mean, I don't know. We'll see if he still plays this year. He's got more cases against him now. We'll see what happens. But He's that guy got a, what do you get, like $50 million a year or something crazy? What, what was his yeah, final 45. number? $45 million a year. Yeah. How do – what's going to happen? Everybody's just assuming Deshaun Watson's going to come back and, like, be an MVP candidate all of a sudden. I don't think, I think that's going to happen. Think it's really, I think it's really important for him to play the end of this year. I don't to know if that necessarily matters. game but, action. Yeah, okay. No, maybe game not wait another seven months to see game action. I get it. Right. Um, and, and then – Get going next year. But, you know, they said he looked like crap in training camp, um, which I don't think is something to just ignore. I think, you know, if it's another From guy, what we saw in that say, preseason cares, game, not he, playing in that long. That preseason game, remember, against Jacksonville, he looked like crap. I mean, he only threw like five or six passes. He looked like crap. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, right about Russell that. Wilson doesn't look good right now. Um, Devontae Adams, he's been a productive player for the Raiders, so you can't really complain about that. But the Raiders, yeah, but it's not exact. They've sucked, and it's not exactly what you thought you were going to get out of Adams. Yeah, but I don't so, really know if that's Adams' fault. Uh, actually, however, guy did truck a cameraman, so there's that. Yeah, it's funny how that went away really quickly, like just yeah. like a day or two, and then now <laughs> it's, it's gone. That was like a big story. Then everybody was like, "All right, cool." Yeah, nobody gives a crap anymore. He put his whole address on freaking social media because of the police report. Really? Yeah, it was just there. Go, go, hit him up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's uh wrap this up before we go. Though one game that we like this week that we're gonna bet on that we're excited for. I'll let you start. All right. This was. I haven't done like my betting research too heavy yet, but um. I will say I do really like the Cleveland Browns plus six and a half in Baltimore. Divisional really? game. Browns got blown out last week. Not going to get blown out again. I like them on the road. Plus six and a half. Even after the Giants upset the Ravens. Yep. Ravens looking for revenge. I can see that. Ravens Giants upset the, the Packers game. last week. Packers looking for revenge. Lose by 17. Yep. There we go. You are right. I actually don't hate that pick at all. Uh, all right. My game this week, I like the 49ers to cover two and a half at home against nice. the Chiefs and win the game. I like uh, that game, too. That defense is still really good. They're getting guys back. They, they had, I think, 11 total starters out last week against the Falcons. They're getting a few of them back on both sides of the ball, getting a few of them back, a lot of them on defense. They'll be fine on offense. They'll have McCaffrey. They said red zone opportunities. Uh, they'll be able to run the ball still with Wilson and then McCaffrey when they get closer to the end zone. I like the 49ers to upset the Chiefs. Chiefs lose two straight here. and uh, It's a tough spot. I mean, going to Santa Clara. And and trying to win a game on the West Coast not going to be easy. I think the 49ers get them. How about the uh, most disgusting primetime game I think I may have ever seen? Steelers Dolphins Sunday night. Oh my God! Disgusting. Please. I mean, Just Jesus gross. Christ! I, I'm, I'm probably taking that? the steel. Probably taking the yeah. Steelers too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seven and a half points to to Tua, who's coming off the the injuries. I'm still 
No, I'm not. Come on. That's a disgust. I'm, I'm very happy, actually. I, I could just do nothing Sunday night. I don't have to watch that game. Yeah. I probably won't even bet on it. Yeah. That's, and even Monday night. You see Monday night? Um, Bears-Patriots. Oh, my God. Why are the Bears in prime time? Stop. Second second time this year. Third time this year. Back-to-back Third time. Weeks. Packers, Commanders, and now the Patriots. Bears, love it. Great job, yeah. guys. NFL, good so. job. Bears and Broncos, keep showing them, please. <laughs> Next episode, we'll uh, react to all of those. And a uh, big announcement coming. Check out our uh, social media pages. We'll post about that. Big announcement. Big announcement. But, huge. Um, huge announcement. But this is it for episode 77. Enjoy all the games this weekend.